at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer's Joe. Hey, how you doing? As well as Matt. Hello, hello. We write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Make sure to check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all of that. Should mention up top, the Sifties are still going on the site as of this episode dropping. So we had two weeks of uh, Sifties content. So if you're listening to this episode at launch... There, we're still doing a film award per day. We did it for the past week and now this week as we're getting into it as well. So plenty of good stuff going on the website. But on the podcast today, we're going to talk about coming attraction. We've got two films to talk about for you. And then we'll talk about two films for the SIF topic as well. Obviously in significantly more depth. Um, we'll talk about Blade 2 and Blade Trinity for that. And after that, we'll get a chance to explore the B-plot, answering the questions submitted by John, and we'll wrap wrap up with the spinoff. But first, let's get a chance to know our writers this week. Uh, Matt, I've been asking everybody these questions, and I wanted to know, um, you got a chance to look at my movie collection. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got to hear, what's your your roast? Honestly, what we're talking about today is pretty important. Yeah? Blade, yeah. Because I don't know how you avoided that. There is a ton on here that I'm just ready to rock on oh yeah like but, what oh uh, let's see all the ones that are really popping up you have an affinity for skipping out on anything uh 007 no i have all the 007s oh man did i do this backwards no i i have them all categorized under like zero z- 007 and then the title oh, then okay the, no 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 so they're the very top. you should still have a lot more to go yeah yeah i have them all at the top in chronological order or in release order. Which Twenty One Jump Street. I can't believe that's a great movie. I'm totally misreading your uh, spreadsheet now. <laughs> those are just oh. so that, yeah. Those are just films I own. Blue are highlighted in blue are ones that are on my watch list, and highlighted in green is the ones that my wife. I want my I want to show my wife. Yeah. But yeah, those are all movies I own. I was like, don't you dare try to fault me for Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> that's a great movie. How dare you? Just saw a film. Right, and the sequel's great too. Yeah, I love Twenty Two. Also, Wonderland, I am Wonderland 3D. All right, so I've not Explain seen this. Explain that to me. Yeah, so I've not seen this one. <laughs> I got that for free with Disney Movie Rewards. It was a random Blu-ray that they sent. There's me. a reason it comes for free. <laughs> Freedom isn't free. Actually, I had pretty good luck with those because I think I got. I got that one, which I'm like, look, that it could they could have sent me something completely worse. I did that Disney Movies Insiders where they send you a, a mystery Blu-ray. I got that one and I got something else. And I, I can't quite remember now, but I remember like, kind of being pretty happy with like, I was like, oh, that's a pretty decent deal. When we tried it, we got Minions. So yeah, that Minions. We kind of missed out. Yeah, Minions is terrible. Yeah, I, <laughs> shoot. I can't remember what I got now, but I remember being like, oh, that's actually like not a bad. It might have even been one that we already had, but I was just like, yeah, but that's still not a bad pick, you know? It's not like they're sending me, like, whatever kid movie there is. I was going to say Paw Patrol, but that's not Disney. I'm going to send you a copy of Blank Check. <laughs> <laughs> that would uh, that would be... That is fantastic. That would be, be awesome. a nostalgia trip for me, man. Yeah. Well, we can wrap up there. You got a chance to rip me on Alice in Wonderland. That's fine. And I explained. I gave you my reasoning. 
That's fine. You did. I just also misread. <laughs> That's all right. We'll move on. I got one random question to ask each of you guys. We're just we're ending the end of Christmas season, and that probably means that uh, you know moms tend to overbake, which means we probably got left with a lot of <laughs> un- a lot of unclaimed baked goodies. What is your favorite Christmas baked goodie? I can swing first. It's not necessarily a baked goodie, but my grandmother basically just follows the Chex Mix recipe on the back of the Chex box every year. This year, she sent us like eight pounds of Chex Mix. <laughs> and it's always great. It's always excessive. Well, because everything in the box is already stale, so you don't have to worry about it getting Exactly. Stale. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite are, uh, I think they're called reindeer eyes, but they're like the circle pretzel pretzels. That you like stick a Hershey kiss in them oh, and, then, yeah. and then melt them and then you press them down with an M&M and it like fills in the center of the pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. Those are delicious. I'd snack on those all day. Um, and they're great. cheap and easy to make. Yeah. Try them one time. Joe, what's your favorite holiday snack? Favorite holiday snack? Or like baked goodie or something. You know, maybe it's like the Little Debbie Christmas trees or something. <laughs> yeah, we have this like the bottom last year, these, these boxes of like assorted cookies. I think they're like at Sam's Club or like Costco. And I don't know, for some reason, they're all really good. Like, you know, you usually get one of those packs and like maybe one or two of the cookies are good. Yeah. Like, and then the rest are just complete trash. <laughs> but, all, but all of them are really good, though. And we got the same box last year. And yeah. The, uh, yeah. They're very consistently like pretty solid and great. See, now I got to know if it's Costco or Sam's Club because yeah, have, that's a pretty big difference. I have I ha- I have a membership to Sam's Club, but I live right next to a Costco, so like, I got to know oh. where I got to get these cookies from. I'll figure it out. I don't know if they're even selling them right now. <laughs> yeah, for next season. Yeah. Next season. I'll ask you again in November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys ready to talk about some movies? Yeah, sure. Oh, thing. never. All right. Well, never then. So you can wait. You can. Uh, I'll put you back in the lobby of this this video call. Sounds great. <laughs> Actually, Matt, why don't you pick which film you want to talk about first? Uh, when you finish Saving the World or The Sun? Well, let's go ahead and do The Sun. Yeah. The Sun. This is a new movie coming out by Florian Zoller. He directed uh, the or and did the play for um, The Father, which was a big uh, awards contender a couple years ago. Namely, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor. So this is his follow-up film called The Sun. Peter has a busy life with new partner Beth and their baby boy thrown into disarray when ex-wife Kate turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. Let's see. Vanessa Kirby, Anthony Hopkins, Peter Jackman. Not Peter Jackman. Hugh Jackman. He Hugh Jackman Peter. as Peter. <laughs> Laura Dern, as well as plenty of other people. I think it should be noted, though Anthony Hopkins is one of the top build here, I don't believe he's supposed to be the same character from the father so yeah i think they're gonna mute his role a little bit well but uh, yeah i think it's more so like uh you have anthony hopkins he's always going to show up in the top two or three you know but uh but yeah like i said i think it is uh more just kind of like a a completely different story it's not meant to share anything so yeah what are you guys thinking about this movie nothing keeping you back except for your your own free will. Are you checking this one out in theaters? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in this movie? Joe, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, for me, as a, as far as anticipation level goes, I, I would go a rent. Uh, it's not something I had to like head down to the theaters right away to, to go see. Uh, it's not one of those big spectacle films, or, and not like a kind of indie darling film that I'd be like looking to to watch in the theaters. So um, I, I love the cast, and I actually really like the way the trailer was cut. It was very. It keeps you intrigued. They didn't like tip their hand too much um, about what this uh, story will entail. 
So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my anticipa- anticipation level with it. Like I love anything that you Jackman's in and uh, likewise goes for Anthony Hopkins. So sure. Matt, what do you think? I'm in a similar boat of anything that you have Hugh Jackman and I'm great and ready for. And the same for Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. I'm just not quite as intrigued. Okay. I'm almost just kind of like, what, what are we making again? It almost felt like a, uh, I don't know, there were a lot of similarances to uh, Baby Boy, it felt like, in some ways, just like the family dynamic. Okay. But Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern automatically get me. Sure. And I'm really curious about this kid that's going to be the other main, uh, what's his name here? Uh, Zen McGrath. Zen McGrath, yeah. Yeah. Because it looks like this is some of his first stuff. Maybe he's going to be the new Lucas Hedges. Yeah. Whatever he's... happened to Lucas Hedges? Exactly. He was in like four or five things and he was like huge. And then I don't remember. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go theaters on this one. Uh, I've been hearing incredible things about specifically Hugh Jackman. I think this is an all-star cast. Um, I really liked The Father. I don't think I'm as high on it as everybody else. Um, but I um, still really, really, really liked it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go see the next movie that he made. And I'm a big fan of like stage adaptations to movies, especially I think they've really kind of figured out how to do them. Um, and so that's a big plus for me. So, yeah, I'm thrilled uh, to see when this movie whenever I can. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's what I'll say about that. Do you guys have any other thoughts about the sun? Good. No, no more thoughts from me. <laughs> <laughs> I did a quick look on uh, Lucas Hedges' IMDb. Because, yeah, he started off with Manchester by the Sea. And they did Lady Bird, Three Billboards, Boy Erased, Mid-90s, Honey Boy, Waves. But he did the French exit in 2022. It looks like he's only working on one film, at least that is announced, you know, called Shirley. So anyway, he's still young, so it's possible oh, he's yeah. just I'm, trying to be a kid. I'm just but, curious how he's going to like blow up. And Yeah. Well, I just, more, I just more so wanted to say, like, you know, Luke, like, again, Lucas had just pretty young. He's still got a, a bunch, a bunch of stuff that he could do. Um, he's born in. Oh, geez. Let's see if we can find a birthday. 96. So he's a year. He's 26. We'll be fine. Oh, I just realized uh, I'm gonna botch this name. Hugh Quarshi is in it. Okay. As well, and he was in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace and High Highlander. Was he in The Phantom Menace? Oh, he's the yeah. captain. The I remember him now. The like leader of the Princess Amidala's army, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that's him. Captain that's Panaka, wild. that's his name. So wait, he was in Highlander? He's credited for Highlander 1996. Yeah, Sunda okay. Cast Castagir? Yep. Okay. Um, I just watched Highlander a couple months ago for this podcast and <laughs> don't remember that. Don't remember him in there. I don't remember really anything about the movie, though. So, but, Well, he's been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to When You Finish Saving the World. Uh, this is a new film. Coming out, released by A24, uh, written and directed by Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Evelyn and her oblivious son, Ziggy, seek out replacements for each other as Evelyn desperately tries to parent an unassuming teenager at her shelter while Ziggy fumbles through his pursuit of a brilliant young woman at school. Julianne Moore, Finn Wolfhard leading here. I, I don't recognize anybody else, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't. But anyway, what do you think about this one? Same scale. Matt, we're going to start with you this time. Uh, theaters, rent, st- skip or stre- uh, stream or skip. Uh, I will not strip or anything like that, <laughs> that, but this is probably a streamer for me. Both 
things just I don't know if they just failed to kind of grab my attention super hard. But that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It's just not it's January. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, the sun is a pretty high fo- high profile release. But yeah, it's not like we're talking about, you know, Megan in the old way again. Right. Yeah. It's a stream for you. What about you, Joe? Yeah, for me, um, I'm probably on the, the opposite end of this. For me, it'd be the theaters. Um, I really like A24 Productions. Um, I kind of like the kind of quirky type of premise. Where there, you could see it getting more into the dramatic, pulling the heartstrings like throughout the story. I guess like it's kind of similar, or seems kind of similar to Lady Bird in a way. Kind of awkward, yeah. kind of like indie type of type of movie. But yeah, I like Finn Wolfhard's work. Um, you know, I like everything that pretty much Julianne Moore is in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, yeah. She's I think absolute catch. Yeah, I think the only thing I'm kind of shaking on, I think this is directorial debut of Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. And, so, and again, screenplay. So I, I don't believe he has screenplay credits either. Or at least yeah. main. Yeah, so other than that, yeah, I'm keen on seeing this. Let's see, for writer credits, yeah, two upcoming projects, but this is his only one. Um, and as far as directing, two upcoming projects, one that he's writing, and then it looks like he did a video, like a short in 2005, but that doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> so yeah, lots of new things for him. Uh, I'm going to go streaming for this one. Oh, sorry, rent for this one. So I'll, I'll land right in the middle of you guys. I just... I mean, A24 is always going to get me at least to a stream, but then you throw in um, Finn Wolfhard and Julianne Moore, who are pretty consistently great um, and everything they're in. And that's not going to nudge me up quite enough to rent, but I am intrigued enough by Jesse Eisenberg writing and directing. It, it, he wouldn't have been one of those people that I would have I would have pegged to kind of get into that. You know, like we look at you know, even like Michael B. Jordan, like doing Creed 3. Like, I think we probably could have seen him getting there at some point i mean i I would have thought maybe when he was a little older you know or like even like if 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 i would have guessed jordan peele would be doing things i would have guessed you know more stuff like uh the key and peel stuff but yeah like eisenberg didn't isn't one of those people i would i think i would have pegged to be a your director and screenwriter uh maybe like co-screenwriter with you know seth rogan and evan goldberg or something but but yeah that that intrigue factor has got me at least into rent so yeah not super excited, but definitely like curious. So yeah. laying right in the middle of you guys. Uh, anything else about this movie that you guys want to mention? Not really. I think it could just be like the fog of a lot of high stuff coming out recently. And now it's kind of taking a softer touch. Sure. Could be. Well, with all that being said, uh, we'll get a chance to promote your stuff. So anywhere that you guys want to send people to, not they got to hear some of your movie opinions. Uh, maybe they want to hear some more about what you got going on. Where do you want to send them? Matt, let's start with you. I am very so much extroverted that I have a Twitter account that I occasionally check on. <laughs> and that's about it. So you can find me at mlosso620 at, well, whatever Twitter is called. And I think I have a letterbox that I haven't checked on in about six months. But <laughs> your best bet is Twittering. Joe, what about you? Yeah, um, as previously stated, just by our episode, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger with the underscore under each one of those words. Yeah, come talk to me about anime, comic books, movies, a variety of different things. Nice. Well, let's move on to getting to talk about Blade 2 and Blade Trinity for our SIF topic. It was uh, on my like watch list, and so it still kind of counts for this new theme of where this where the show is going, at least for this period so um we watched the first blade film joe and i I think that was november's episode if i'm not mistaken yeah that's correct it was wasn't that long ago and so we watched the first blade film and you know what i wanted to watch the two 
And Joe was like, let's just talk about the two. So we'll talk about Blade 2 and Blade Trinity. But first, just a quick recap on how we feel about Blade. I, I think I landed on the really high side of liked it. Kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Thought it held up really well. For sure, really liked it. I guess for more thoughts, you can go back to the last episode. Joe, you were kind of about the same place as me, right? Yeah, I think we're in the same area. I think I, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Like I was on the mm-hmm. kind of like middle loved it slash liked it. After after a little bit of the nostalgia wore off it, you can kind of see the cracks. But like overall, it's still a really impressive film. You can see why you know a lot of people enjoy it. Sure, Matt, you didn't get a chance. You weren't on that episode with us, so let's hear your very brief Blade One thoughts. Blade One was very strange for me. Uh, I was a lot younger when I watched it and I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. This is everything. And watching Wesley Snipes like just go off was so much fun. And I fell in love with the series then. Okay. So like high side of liked it, low side of loved it, somewhere around there. High side of loved it, maybe (laughs) top 10 films of all time for you. Kid me says way high side of loved it. Adult Me says, still enjoyable, so really liked it. Nice. Uh, All right, so with that context, let's move forward to Blade 2. Again, this is my, well, this is my first time ever seeing this film. Uh, I'm curious, uh, you two have both probably seen both of these films. I've got to imagine. Were these like, well, I guess at least for you, Matt, you said you fell in love with the first one. So I imagine you saw two and three, like, as they came out or, or really early. Would that be like a correct statement? It'd be pretty close. Yeah. To me, they all run together a little bit. But. Sure. How many times would you say you've seen each film, roughly? Oh, I've probably seen Trinity ten times and two, maybe seven or eight. Okay. And uh, Joe? Yeah, the, the first film I've probably seen like 20 or 30 times. But like the the second film, I probably this is probably like maybe my second or third viewing. Okay. And Trinity, I think I only watched it the one time because... We'll get into it. Why yeah, that, yeah. it was only one time. Sure, and then presumably one time recently as well. To, exactly. This, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So as a reminder, we're going to spoil these movies. So if you haven't seen them and you really care, but honestly, all three of these movies are relatively formulaic. I don't really know that <laughs> there is anything to spoil. You know, just either way. Spoiler warning. In general, we'll unless start you want off... to know where teeth can sometimes be placed. <laughs> Well, I think that was a throwaway line because we do see she has fangs later. So <laughs> even though uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of want it to be true just because what an interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, but certain like character deaths or resurrections or things like that. You know. But Blade 2, we're going to start with these in chronological order. Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Matt, we'll start with you. High side of like it, bordering love it. It's... Just like one of those best things to have on in the background while you're doing other stuff and you can just enjoy it mm. and look over and laugh and just enjoy a lot of stuff. Okay. Joe, what would you say? Yeah, for, for Blade 2, uh, I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, I really like it to actually love it. I actually think um, I like the first movie a lot better, but objectively, I think this is a better film. It's better directed, mm. it's better shot. The writing actually might even be a little bit better, which I think Goyer did both. I think he actually he was at least co writer on both. Del Toro yeah. was the second, I believe. Del Toro yeah. directed the he, second. He directed, oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, um, so yeah, I like all the the added characters. Um, I like the uh, the kind of guest appearance from Donnie Yen. Kind of wish he was in the movie a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. I have some yeah, thoughts on that. But, but overall, really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, it looks 
so Goyer was the writer for Blade. He was the writer and director for Blade Trinity. And yeah, he was also a writer on on the first Blade. So, uh, but yeah, this is the Del Toro directed one. I'm going to go just right where you guys are too. Really high side. I liked it pretty much exactly where I am on the first one. I I do disagree with you though. However, Matt, um, I think this movie is so visually compelling that I can't just throw it on in the background. Like specifically, I think, I think the choreography is just outstanding in this movie. Oh, absolutely. And a a big reason why is as I took, I was taking some notes. I said, the choreography is really great. Choreography, stunt choreography was Donnie Yen. So that makes Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I had no idea that he did that kind of thing, but I saw in the trivia that it said Donnie Yen, who plays this character is part of the, these people. And I didn't know what that meant because this was right as the movie started. They said that they, uh, or it said that he uh, was also the stunt choreographer. And I was like, yo, like, all right, sweet. And uh, I like, I know I'm in for something good. So, and it was remarkably, the first film wasn't bad by any means, but this for sure was significantly better. Um, so yeah, that was a big reason why. What are the things you guys want to mention for this movie? For me, it's you said it's dance or a guilty pleasure. It's also a dance club movie, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> based on so much '90s like club music and visuals. But sure. also Donnie Yen, man, getting to see him like in that role of like I'm coming up right now was so cool. Uh huh. Because he is just such a badass, <laughs> and so that sent me down a rabbit trail. Where I found another movie of his from 2020 that I think I text you guys or uh, yeah you you, you Enter the it. Fat Dragon. <laughs> Watch that like trailer. It's absolutely worth it. I'll have to check it out. You have to check it out. But yeah, there's there's just something that's so Del Toro has a really good eye here in this in this movie i mean the special effects sometimes feel lost in 2002 but ultimately like at least they're trying for something and i'm just willing to give them credit there yeah but there's also just like the creativity this movie has like specifically like they introduce the ammo that just disintegrates these vampires i'm like this is awesome and just watching these vampires like disintegrate i'm like this wasn't in the first movie was it and no it's not and it's it's super cool to see it every single time it happens. It's like one of those things where like when you play a video game and there's a really cool, like easy mechanic you can do. And then you just wind up doing that the whole video game. Cause it's so satisfying to watch every single time. Like felt very much like that. Uh, so yeah, big, big, big fan of that. Um, just even, even all the stuff that they do with like the UV light bombs Again, some yeah. of those fell into the, you can feel the 20 year age on the special effects, but like <laughs> at least he's trying something, you know? Yeah, I'm also looking at the dates here, and this was two years, I think, before Hellboy with Ron Perlman, directed by Del Toro. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's actually part of the reason why he didn't end up taking the third film on. Oh, he got, really? He got greenlit for Hellboy, so that's why he didn't end up doing Trinity, which is kind of a bummer. I well, Like I said, we'll get into it later. Like I, I think there's a great disparity in... Um, an overall quality between two and, and Trinity, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into it later. But um, yeah, to, to pick it back off uh, what you said, Aaron, the fight choreography is like it's a it's amazing. I I I think the thing that really helps too, they kind of lock down the camera, kind of Hong Kong style, just like letting the performers and the stunt people kind of do the work instead of like several cuts. 
which I think later on Blade Trinity has a ton of cuts like in between each one like each one of these punches and kicks and it kind of takes away takes you out of it but uh this film does a great job of kind of locking it down and letting like you know Wesley Snipes especially who's a trained martial artist kind of do his do his thing so yeah the the other thing too that I noted was like I really love the creature design of the Reapers I think they're yeah. like really sleek and they're interesting I mean the way their jaw kind of expands like Predator yeah really cool like scared me every single time and then like the way that like the thing comes out of their mouth kind of like the alien tongue or the like the little thing like it was kind of like a nice like oh it's kind of doing an alien and predator thing but like it's not really i mean it it, it is but it isn't you know it's not trying to pay homage to that but it just kind of is <laughs> right the uh but but also like just the way that they like will attack people and the way that uh it will like, like they mentioned uh in the movie like the i think i think the reapers in general are really interesting creatures uh because like the way that they like th- there's the one guy that gets pinned and he just starts like gnawing his arm off and so they're like they need fresh blood every like seven hours yeah. and if they can't get it then they just start eating themselves and it's like that's like that's the kind of like little throwaway line that means nothing in the grand scheme of things but just really kind of expands on these creatures and makes them feel different and makes them feel fresh and and original and then um and then they there's even the moment where where they the the one guy turns and they like cut him and like through the head and so like half of his head is lying on the ground and uh and they just say like the the body is still like moving even though it's just a portion of the head you know and there's there's also the one where they like capture um one of the reapers and even though like for all intents and purposes it should be dead um like the body they say like the body is dead but the mind is still feeding and so like they poke it with something and it reacts and it's just like like the, like these are scary creatures because it's like it's it's saying that even if the thing is dead and you get close enough like you're bleeding and you touch the you lean on the body or something like the body's going to consume you that's really right <laughs> these creatures are awesome and terrifying yeah they're intelligent yeah they're super mindless. advanced so yeah i i love the art direction i think it's like i mean that, that's what those things go like hand to hand with del toro movies like well like that we that i ended up learning later on as far as like art direction like creativity like the uh those kind of like cyber ninja suits that the vampire council wear yeah. those things are awesome they look great on camera yeah um, especially when they're like coming in to interrogate blade initially like it's that's beautiful yeah the the infiltration scene like yeah i had that in my notes like that overall sequence is really awesome even the kind of like wonky rubbery man cgi that pops in every once in a while it kind of it'll take you out of for a second but like i'm not really uh too big on um kind of critiquing you know early 2000 cgi so able to let that pass get a nice little fight sequence and uh action scene going on what are you guys' thoughts on Scud? Just about to role? ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care at all about this guy ever. And he's pretty his, annoying. <laughs> his turn, like, it was one of those that, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, there was nothing necessarily in the rest of the movie that made me believe that was going to happen. And then the final scene, you're like, he's going to turn, isn't he? <laughs> like, as in, so. <laughs> I could do without him. Yeah, com- completely. <laughs> He's very extra. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they just needed him there to to see if like Whistler was kind of on the up and up. You know what I mean? So they yeah. needed someone to kind of sit there and be like, "You need to take this guy out." And he kept calling Blade B. And it got annoying after like the fifth or sixth <laughs> time. I was like, "Just call him Blade." Like it's not 
It doesn't take that many more syllables. It, it doesn't. And it's literally one syllable still. <laughs> yeah, this might be the Norman Reedus character I, that I don't like, which is, I, I like Norman Reedus as an actor. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was this excited to see him on screen. Then I was like, oh, oh, I don't like him. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Whistler, what do you guys think about bringing him back? Because um, they killed him off in the first movie. And then they kind of retconned that in the start of this movie. Cause like we, he, he has an off screen death in the first movie. Yeah. And it's like, they, they kind of just, I don't look, I like him being back. I like the character, but it just almost felt like an afterthought or it almost felt like a Guillermo del Toro's mad because he really liked Whistler. And then, so they wanted to bring him back. And so he said, yo, Dave Goyer, write him back in, you know, like it almost either that or Dave Goyer just realized like, Oh, we really liked working with Chris Christopherson or, you know, I it it I'm sure it wasn't, but it just felt like an afterthought because I th- I thought his character was done with, and I wasn't expecting to see him in this movie, and then he appears, and I'm like, oh, uh, I guess sure, but also like there's not really any reason. For, typical comic book thing. There's not really any reason for me to ever believe that anything bad is going to happen to any of these people, like permanently. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, like it get it got to the point in Blade Trinity where like um where he you. Know, quote unquote dies and look i'm still not convinced that he's dead because like we didn't see it especially especially in a rated r action movie oh yeah not, he's not, not dead that, i don't think if they were ever to make a blade four from this which we know they're not but you know they would have brought him back this is gonna probably be in it yeah yeah it's, so it's just one of those like it, it, it annoyed me it didn't know you guys like i was happy to see him back but i'm like oh this feels lazy it's it lazy cheap. um just like you said um like i said i, I was happy to see him but it's like yeah he should be dead like this is all kind of like post hawk writing that you guys did like i said right. probably del toro probably was a fan of the character it was like yeah we got to put him back in we need somebody else that uh we need somebody else that you know blade doesn't really say much so we need somebody else to bounce some stuff off of him that's probably why they also had the scud character as well sure as a mouthpiece yeah. but the, i mean the other thing too is like <sighs> <laughs> Whistler is the only character that we know, like, or have any attachment to besides Blade in the entire first movie. And when you killed him, it really felt like Blade was a one-man show now. And it just felt like a, turning a new chapter. You know, he he had already, like, learned all he needed to, or he had done what he needed to do, and now it was just going to be Blade, and now they got his mentor back again. It's like, yeah. It, it was annoying, but five minutes later, I didn't care anymore. Same. Yeah, it felt like wasted Chris Christopherson, just like, oh, yeah, we brought him back. Yay. And now he's going to go sit up here in the rain. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, thoughts on Chupa, like our big bad, Matt Schultze from Fast and Furious fame. Chupa? Or or just in general, the bad guys, like the higher upper tier, Damaskinos, also kind of in that vein. I think they had moments of intimidation, but honestly, they never seemed like a threat once UV lights introduced. It's kind of like over for them, and the storyline was very predictable. I don't know if I understood ever what what their end game was, and is probably a big reason for that. But I'll get into it in a second. Like, what what is their end goal? What is what are they working for? What are they working towards? I think good. I, I always feel like that is like one of the weakest parts of all the Blade movies. Like <laughs> it's like vampires. What are your guys' endgame here? These are some wild, crazy actions you guys are taking. They're either like about to destroy their food source, which is the most common thing that they end mm-hmm. up doing. Like that was like the biggest thing I had with the first movie. It's like, 
all right, so if you kill everybody, like, how are you guys going to feed? Like, I don't really get what you guys are trying to do. But, um, but yeah, as, as far as, like, the kind of big bad, I like Nomak. Um, I thought Luke, Luke Goss was pretty good um, in the role. Not quite um, Frost level, because, um, I mean, he's, like, chewing up scenery in that first movie. Yeah, yeah. He's really Frost good. is, like, next level of yeah, yeah. one all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he had a good look, and I liked a lot of the fight choreography they did for him. I thought it was pretty cool, but but yeah, as far as like their end game, it's it's never really clear to me. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. My best guess is live. <laughs> they want to be daywalkers, right? Like that was yeah. like a big thing, right? Well, that's in three. That's in three. That's Trinity. Because in in this one, because like the uh, the creatures, they're not daywalkers either. Actually, UV kills no. them like. It seems like right. Like, they're like, anti they develop, the, they develop the UV, UV flashlights so they can shine on them yeah, because right. because the reapers aren't affected by like bullets and swords. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I I really couldn't tell you. I like we just saw this movie and I couldn't tell you what the vampires endgame was. Um, yeah. I guess they just so, want to make a better version of of themselves. I, I don't. This I, a failure. Like I, I think it's know. almost like a split of they don't consider themselves vampires. Yeah, I feel like they consider themselves as evolved vampires, and it's almost like the vampires really like have nothing to do with this movie. Like, and and kind of, I kind of like that how it's like, oh, here's a different like evolution. It's not as easy as you know a silver stake or whatever. You know, like I thought that brought an interesting element that it wasn't just here's more vampires. Which look. I know the reasons why Blade Trinity never got a sequel, but but I'm almost like glad that it didn't. Because like, how do you, how do you keep on doing more stories like this? Like, it it already feels tiring in Blade Two. Now Guillermo del Toro's visual flair and world building with these new creatures kind of makes it interesting enough. But it's like, especially Blade Trinity, like you've already introduced Dracula. Like, where could they possibly go after this? Like, yeah. literally nowhere. So yeah, at least nowhere that I care about. So. In, and so the unless in, in and the only thing that I'd be that I would care about is there's a throwaway line in Blade, Blade Trinity where just the Natasha Leone says something like, hey, we're not sure if this will also kill you. This big blast will also kill you since you're a half breed. And then there's also that throwaway line about how uh, Dracula says, like, the the thirst will come for you eventually. It's like, I, I want to see Blade wrestling with being a vampire, like actually wrestling that's the only thing I'm interested in a future Blade movie. And yeah, like he maybe actually we'll, goes for it and has to decide. If he's actually like really struggling with not killing humans like a vampire, you know, not sucking blood, you know, then, you know, hopefully MCU Mahershali version explores some of that. But either way, I was just just kind of as a side note, like I, I thought, how long could this franchise really have run before run before it just got stale and boring? So anyway. Yeah, I just didn't know if I really understood the plan. And here's a big reason why. This movie is just too long. And it just, I checked Absolutely. out for, for about 20 minutes. And that's yeah. my only complaint with the movie. Like my only legitimate complaint. I've been trying to talk some negatives only because we've just been like loving it. But there just becomes a point like in in, in between like the second big fight scene and the third big fight scene where I just kind of checked out for about 20 minutes. And I was like scrolling Twitter and having it on in the background, you know, whatever. Cause, because these movies are all three of them are so paint by numbers, like not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, this was really kind of the, the revolution of the comic book genre and definitely the rated R ones. were not doing it as well as this one was, but it, it just couldn't hold, it just didn't hold my attention because I, 
look, I knew where we were going to go and I knew how it was going to end without knowing anything about them. I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. We're setting up a big third thing where the villain's going to reveal their plan and then they're going to, you know, save the day and probably a couple of people are going to die and probably Blade's going to be handicapped by some way. But only once they get there. And then also here's this double cross. Cool. Yeah, it's just just I checked out on the stuff where I was like, all they're trying to do is buy some filler, let you cool down from excitement from the second action sequence to get you to the big finale. And I was, I, I just stopped caring about the movie at that point. So that's my only knock. That's just why I don't land in love. It's probably about 20 minutes too long. At so, least. Yeah. I yeah. think there's like some of the aspects for me, like I don't, I don't mind the, the actor that's in it. Uh, she plays Nisa. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just think they're trying to do like this kind of like uh, kindred spirit thing between her and blade. And it kind of, it kind of doesn't work. Like they're not, don't they're It's almost like, they spent too much time on it and not enough time at the same time yes. to, to really make it pay off at the end. Like it was a cool like ending to have her like bring her out there and have her see the sunset. Um, interesting, but like there's no impact there because I don't have enough time with them. Yeah. You know? I thought the exact same thing. I thought what, what a great ending for a character that I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I thought it was a really visual, stunning, meaningful moment. The music was great. I thought it was a pretty terrific way to just end the film like they did really really great really meaningful but like i didn't care Uh, you know it's not like nissa was part of the first film or it's not like we even really spent a ton of time with her so yeah i wish i wish that would have been a little bit more uh, yeah emphasized somehow i don't know because you're right they they tried and it just didn't really work and i don't know if it's maybe because i don't think that they had any chemistry but or, or if it was just she didn't get enough screen time or maybe maybe like a director's cut that has some deleted scenes that you know kind of give a little bit more context there but i thought what a beautiful moment that's so unearned <laughs> right yeah um that's all i have but if you guys have more thoughts on blade 2 i'm happy to entertain them the only other thing i'm going to say is there is a great song between it's a collaboration with massive attack featuring most deaf and it is baller <laughs> it's called i against and it's amazing yeah, I, I actually really like the score in the soundtrack. I think it ma- I think it matches up pretty well with the first film. Except there's there's more hip hop and, and all of it's like really solid. Yeah, there's a little like deep like I don't know music terminology, but like lower like bass, bass sounds. Yeah, that are really great. And, cool. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but Ron Perlman's in this movie, and I think he's actually really awesome in this movie. <laughs> he's amazing. He's really he's, entertaining. <laughs> from the moment he gets a bomb put in his head. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. fun. Yeah, I like him. He is ready to be Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, it was one of those. I think he already had a career by that time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's been a career since like, like the 80s. Like he's been in like TV and like shows. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just. You could tell he was about to do something fun with his career, you know, his because I mean, after this, he does Hellboy, Hellboy 2 and then Sons of Anarchy. Like that's his golden age, you know, Marco Beltrami did the score for this, by the way. But (laughs) Uh, yeah, Marco Beltrami did the score for this film. Uh, Plenty of other good stuff that this guy's done, Uh, especially I'm looking at his IMDb and I'm like, I don't know how many of these are memorable, but like Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Like, like, dude's got a good reputation. He did the the three part Fear Street movies for Netflix, the Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, Quiet Place Part Two, Ford v Ferrari. Again, I don't know how many of these are memorable scores, but like, dude's got a career. Um, for, and you know, for somebody that I don't, I just don't know how much 
we talk about. I don't, he doesn't come up in the conversation like, you know, John Williams and he did Logan. All right. That one's memorable. I yeah. love that Logan score. But That's he doesn't come up in the conversation like John Williams or Michael Cuccino or anything like that. So, right. A lot of the heavy hitters. Are you ready to get into Blade uh, Trinity? I thought we already were because these movies run together so much for me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually couldn't disagree more. To me, I mean, I yeah. watched them on separate days, but there's a complete tonal shift and it's kind of jarring. But yeah, let's get into it. Blade Trinity, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? Think it's just okay. Joe, let's start with you this time. Uh, yeah, for me, this is the, I believe this is the second time I've seen it. Um, I pretty much have the same type of kind of disdain for it. I just simply just dislike it. I don't like hate it or anything, but it's definitely not a great movie. Switching directors, I think it's, this might have been Goyer's first. This is Goyer. Oh, yeah. major, this is Goyer. First major film that he directed, and it kind of shows. We're kind of missing all the polish and the style that Del Toro brought to it. A lot of the fight scenes are kind of clunky. Like like I said, a lot of shots, like uh, spliced together, a lot of cuts. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is like a petty thing. I, I don't care for the costume that Blade wears in this. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I just don't like it. I feel like there was okay. a huge step down from the first one and the second one. Okay. But Yeah, it looks like uh, Goyer did a film called Zigzag in 2002 and then Blade Trinity. And then pretty much exclusively TV, except he did The Invisible and The Unborn. But he doesn't do a lot of directing. He mostly does writing. Um, it's kind of always been his thing. So that that makes sense. And dude's got a solid career. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's he's made his way. Yeah, yeah. He's you know he, his name has been attached to a lot of great stuff. You know, like um, Man of Steel and um, Constantine. I thought you said TV great show. stuff. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Dark Knight and things. Like, and his name is also attached. Oh, he was a story screenplay writer for um, Batman. Earlier screenplay writer writer for Batman Begins. Uh, but but yeah, Duda is also attached to some great stuff and some not great stuff like uh, Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance and Batman versus Superman. And anyways. yeah, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Matt Blade Trinity, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I guilty love it. You guilty I, love it? Yes, I I enjoy things that are sometimes I admit it's a terrible movie, but I love it for that reason only. I was wondering why you picked, like, specifically you picked Blade Trinity on the list of all the movies we could talk about. It was one of your three options. And I'm like, just yeah. cur- I was just curious. I was like, is this going to be one of those? He wants to defend it or he wants to tear it to pieces. I don't want to tear it to pieces. I want to love it. He, but you're not I defending don't. it either. You're saying, yeah, exactly. I don't know why, but I love this movie. Basically, I'm that person on the sidewalk who's just like, oh, this is neat. I'm going to stay here and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm gonna lose all my credit i'm with you matt i really liked this movie oh, <laughs> i had no. a blast oh <laughs> look look i'm gonna attribute it entirely to my expectations for this movie were so low because yep. because blade trinity is one of those just like spider-man trilogy where you're like the first two are great iconic second is is considered better than the first and the third one is considered one of the worst superhero movies of all time and i'm like look I've seen Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Like, I haven't seen Elektra, but, like, that would also be in the covers. I, I've seen Batman and Robin. You know, I've seen Superman for the Quest for Peace. Certainly this can't be that bad. And guess what? It's nowhere near that bad. I, I look, it's not a great movie, certainly. Like, nowhere for, near. Like, like you said, Joe, <laughs> technical aspects, this this movie is, is significantly less well edited for the fight choreography and stuff like that. But I just can't help 
but have liked this movie. I think I had such low expectations because I thought this is one of those middle 2000s. Ryan Reynolds is trying to get into the superhero genre movie and it's not going to work. And he's kind of just playing Deadpool in this movie. <laughs> like, it is like the preliminary version of Deadpool. Like, yeah, that's... This, yeah, this is just Wade Wilson, you know? And, and I'm like, look, Jessica Biel hasn't really done anything memorable in her career. And I remember when they tried to make her a thing and I'm like, she's not good, but she's fine. Like she's not the, she's not a problem with this movie. She's not, she, she's not great. She's not good, but she's not, bad you know i feel like she's a better physical actor than she is like a you know actual yeah. actor she is well, amazingly fantastic well, with the I, way she moves and i really liked parker posey in this role i thought she was a lot of fun and never thought i'd say this but i'm really happy triple h was in this movie like and i'm not a <laughs> wwe fan like i i'm not really like it just worked for me man i must have been in the right mood I think he uh, lost Joe completely at this well, point. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's, here's, here's the thing. I'm, a, I'm about to lose all my credibility I've ever gained on this podcast, which I, I frequently lose any credibility. But I, <laughs> my wife watched all three of these movies with me, and we really liked all of them. But at the end of this, about 20 minutes into this one, I asked, this is a, this is fun, a fun movie, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm having a really good time. I'm like, I'm probably having the most fun out of any of these three movies. Is that right? She's like, yeah, that's about right. I'm like, okay, just making sure I'm not insane. And the movie ends and I'm like, so that's not the best of these three, right? No, she'd be like, but that's the one you want to watch the most, right? She's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'll happily put this on before Blade 2 or 1 again. Yeah. Not because those are bad movies, but this one's just, just more fun. I mean, come on. The moment where Deadpool, sorry, I mean Hannibal King the like encounters the pomeranian vampire like come on that's just fun it's so (laughs) that was the moment where my wife looked at me and said what are you doing (laughs) like oh this is for tonight (laughs) so bad look i again it's not good look if i have one big negative on this movie it, it dominic purcell is terrible in this role He's he's not a good Dracula and he's, he's a bad actor in this miscast. Movie. Yeah, he's horribly miscast. And look, here's the deal. I like Dominic Purcell as a big prison break fan prison break fan when it was on. And he wasn't ever a good actor in that show, but at least I'm like, hey, there's that guy. I like him. You know. Um, but yeah, he was so bad in this movie. Also yeah, so it's really the only like big negative that I have is I would absolutely recast somebody. I don't know who, but all the actors, some Jessica Biel was fine. Everybody else I liked. I, I was even like, I took, I, I turned to my wife at one point. And I was like, oh, so Ryan Reynolds is doing Ryan Reynolds. He's not doing straight man Ryan Reynolds like oh, he is yeah. in Green Lantern. Like he's, he's being himself, you know. Um, and that's a lot of fun. But the um, yeah, Jessica Biel is is fine, and uh, the Dominic Purcell is terrible. And I think I saw somebody's letterbox, one of our Stiff Pop writers' letterbox review that just said that Wesley Snipes just looks so disinterested in this movie. And I'm like, I don't actually like see that in this movie. I, I don't, I don't see any of the bad things that people are saying. Like, I don't see the, it's a paint by numbers action movie where the action isn't shot terribly well, but whatever, this is 2004 comic book movies. They were all like this. None of these were original or shot. Well, you know, so it, it's, I, I laughed a lot. I smiled a lot. It held my intention the entire almost two hour runtime. Um, I just had a good time. And, and I understood the villain's plan. Cause that's what we were griping about Blade 2. But they want, the vampires want Dracula 
resurrected because Dracula could kill Blade and they want Blade dead. And also they're hoping that Dracula's blood could let him them be Daywalkers too, because He's Dracula can is not affected by by UV. Makes sense for the vampires to want to resurrect Dracula. Cool. Makes sense why Blade would want to kill Dracula. I'm in. Fine. It's it's dumb and it's stupid and it's simple <laughs> down to its kindergarten core, but I understood it and I was with it the whole way. And Ryan Reynolds kept me entertained the whole time. And at yeah. least they had a plan for their uh, their food source too. That they're gonna slowly put people in a comatose state and then drain them. Yeah. I was like, at least you guys came up with. I was like, I'll give I'll give a point to Blade Trinity here. At least you at least you <laughs> kind of answered one of my questions. I. I thought that was a really interesting, like, and it was one of those things too, where we were talking about, right? Like what is the vampire's ultimate goal, right? Do they want to like enslave humanity or kill all the humans or like turn all the humans into vampires? Like, what do they do? It's like, that's a really reasonable like thing for them to do. And you know, they're, they're taking up homeless people off the street and preserving them. It's, it's horrible. It's awful to do, but like, that's, that's how you, you know, keep a low profile, you know? So I thought I thought that was a really interesting scene, and uh, it, it kind of kind of stupid that the whole thing could shut down by just typing in harvest. But <laughs> oh yeah, that made no dang sense. He's like, "What's the password? Harvest. harvest." This should be one of those things that should like you know you have to turn the key at the exact same time to open up a switch, and then you push the button. You know, that should be this should be like launching a nuke. You know? Yeah, right. It's pretty important. It's like what you guys eat, and they, they just you just fried yeah. your whole source. Ridley couldn't even like set off the bomb on uh, the Nostromas, whatever it was, without like a five minute countdown. So, yeah, sure. I was talking with somebody about this film earlier today, and look, I I said I might mention this on the podcast, and guess what? I'm going to do it. Blade Trinity is a top, is a upper middle tier 007 for movie for me because like it's there's bad guys and there's a good guy. And there's a moment where the good guy goes into a room and they're like, look at all these cool gadgets and you will use all the cool gadgets. There's cool vehicles. And then at the end, there's going to be the villain expositing the plan. Um, there's going to be this big third act thing and the good guys get away. You know, like this is, like, this is just one of these. Uh, look, I just I just finished watching um, the the spy who loved me. And I'm like, look, that's as generic as a Bond movie gets. But it was a good time. It was, you know, but it was just like as basic as a plot. All all these Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Bond movies just blend together, except for Goldfinger and From Russia with Love, and yeah, I feel like that's it. Diamonds Forever for bad reasons. Like they're all just kind of the same movie with different stunts. And I was like, you know what? This falls into that category of a of a 007. I liked Pat Oswalt in this movie too. That was good. And the, and the Natasha Leone. I was like, oh, these are Hell fun yeah. people. I like these people. So I keep forgetting they were in this. And there was and there was also the moment where the little girl tells Dracula to you know piss off and or whatever I don't, either way where this little girl yeah that was fun and then you know naturally we have ryan reynolds doing the just off comedic time you know timing of a thing to make it funny you know but i think when he's chained up and he's he lets out the see you next tuesday or the thunder see you next tuesday and just goes full ryan reynolds <laughs> Yeah, because he has that moment, and they're you know they're interrogating him, and he's just like you know they put a thing in me, and it's like where is it? It's in my left butt cheek, and they keep like, it's in my right butt cheek. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you know, they're doing it's very reminiscent of like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, you know, near the end. Yeah. it's just it's just it's Ryan Reynolds being himself, and I will just have a day. <laughs> I'll always have fun watching him, and again, I think my expectations were so low that I had a good time. 
Yeah, I was expecting Daredevil theatrical cut, you know, and I got oh, God, I got Daredevil <laughs> director's cut, you know, so um, or or Daredevil TV show, whatever. I don't know. Daredevil TV show. If it was funny. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so, well, no, cause that one is actually like smart and good plot and good character development. I had a fun time. <laughs> I had first 20 minutes of X-Men origins Wolverine. That's what I had. So you also got the song fatal by the group RZA. <laughs> you know what else you got? Didn't well, notice this till the end of the credits. You got a score by Raymond Jawadi from <laughs> Westworld and game of Thrones and house of the dragon and Pacific rim. Oh yeah, boy. My guy, Raymond Jawadi, coming up. Nice. You want to hear a fun fact about Jessica Biel? Apparently, she inadvertently destroyed a camera that cost $300,000 because She's too good she, was, <laughs> she was directed to aim at the camera, but she she trained and had perfected her archery skills. And so she fired the amra, camera, and it went through a small opening in the front <laughs> of the plexiglass guarding the camera, and it shattered the camera, and the footage is of the incident is, is apparently included in the DVD extras. But anyway, would not oh, have expected have see that. 2004 released movie. So 2003, Jessica Biel, you know, Jessica Biel of all people to, uh, to be the, to be a perfect, what, what are the method actors? Yeah. Um, so she went all out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I got to shut up for a little bit and Joe, you got You got to bring some sense in this conversation. I mean, you, you, you put up some good points. Like there are some, <laughs> there, there are some things that are, you know, they, there are to like about it. Like Hannibal King is probably the, the best thing about the movie. He's kind of carrying the whole movie on his back. Um, I think he's really great. I just feel really bad for Blade. I feel like Blade takes a backseat in his own movie. And this, this might've been a lot of the kind of like behind the scenes stuff. That's why a lot of stuff was going down. Because apparently he had a really rough relationship with Goyer on the sh- on the set. Like they wouldn't yeah. talk to each other. They would pass like sticky notes. <laughs> and uh, Pat Oswald, like I think there was like a YouTube video of Pat Oswald talking about his experience on the set. And it was just really weird. Like they could only call Wesley Snipes Blade on the set, <laughs> and he was he would storm off to his trailer to to go drink or whatever, and then come back. Like he wasn't a happy camper. He didn't like the writing of the script, or he had a bunch of problems with Goyer. But yeah, I mean. It, that's a, that's the thing that, I, that really I missed in this movie. Like, there's just there's not a lot of Wesley Snipes. I think he has like a hundred words or a hundred lines, like something something crazy like that. Like you're the titular character and you have barely any of the lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't particularly care that he was. I didn't notice that he was as absent. Yeah, yeah. I think it was noticeable that he was a little bit gone. Like maybe it yeah, did maybe come a... across like a little bit of his affectation that like he was just like to see Jack, but the but the character of blade is kind of set up that way. Like in the first two movies where he doesn't talk a lot. He's yeah. He's got small quips here and there, but like ultimately he's a, he's a relatively silent character. Like, and I don't know how it is compared to the comics. I've never read a blade comic, but I was just like, he's, he's just sharing screen time with some other people, you know, with, with Hannibal King and uh, Abigail and triple H, you know, yeah, <laughs> Like he's just sharing more screen time and that's fine. Right. Because as, as, as I mentioned, like this movie's probably 20 minutes too long. I think it said similar thing about blade one is probably a little bit too long. And this one, I didn't feel its length because I was having a good time. Uh, yeah. Certainly some Whoa. things I would change as already mentioned, but like, yeah, I, it felt, it felt really long to me. I don't, <laughs> we're the complete opposites like i felt like the second movie was like i'm enjoying this i'm pay- i'm locked in i'm paying attention the entire time i was like this is fine this movie like i'm looking at my phone every once in a while which 
It's never really a good sign. Yeah, uh, I did. It's important for you to know, Joe, that you are in the majority, even though, <laughs> even though on this particular recording you are not. You you are the common. You are the 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 the. Every, you are everybody else, and the people that are listening that are screaming, "What on earth? What? Wait, hold on. They liked Jessica Biel in this movie. No, no. Yeah, you went outside of this. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 win. You don't have to feel sorry about not liking this movie. You are you are in the majority. <laughs> I we just have louder voices in this particular recording and it'll be forever. <laughs> yeah, we can always taper to what we want. Forever cemented in the in the canon once it goes live on the internet. So, yeah. You were saying, Joe? <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what other things that are like that kind of bother me about it. Oh, can I ask a question for you guys? Yeah, sure. Apparently, this is the only film in the trilogy to comp- contain a post-credit scene. Did you guys there's stick around for a post-credit post- scene? I read, I read post- about it, but yeah, there's a post-credit scene. I have no what idea. What the heck is it? I'm googling it right now. Oh man, yeah, I gotta look this up. I didn't. This was like way before post-credit scenes were a major thing. Let's see. There are scenes for the movie. Okay, that's during the credits. After the there is an extra scene of Blade speeding off his car. That's it. Oh, speeding off in his car. That was. I didn't think that was post credits. It says after the credits. When I saw it, it came up like they did the first like flash of paint stars, and then it went. So it was like right there. Alternate endings. The director's cut ending shows Blade sitting up in the morgue and attacking the FBI agents who have captured him. The scene leaves the viewer with the task of trying to figure out whether Blade is now human or has turned evil and finally giving into his thirst for blood. After the scene, Blade is shown replacing his sword and riding off on a motorcycle. The werewolf ending shows the Daystar virus wiping out every vampire on the planet. Blade is shown throwing his sword off a cliff into the ocean. The last extra scene shows the Night Stalkers now battling werewolves awesome <laughs> no, oh, that sounds awesome i want to see that movie that's that's the way you keep these this film franchise going it's no more vampires you still have blade but now you have oh it's yeah another whatculture.com posted a 10 post credit scenes that totally trolled the audience uh, apparently the post credit scene is just blade drives his car off into the night and speeds off out of frame and that's it so yeah awesome. yeah screenwriter also posted an article that just says Blade, Blade Trinity's alternate ending would have fixed its biggest mistake. That's not a cop out at all. Yeah, I, yeah. Also, the question like, why did Dracula change into Blade at the end? Was he trying? I don't to know. Save, was, was did he, he trying to save Blade fully? Yeah, was he trying to save him because he's like, you're you're the last now. You're the maybe. I'm just like, adding more spice to this <laughs> this bland steak they gave me. I don't know. Like, well, he turned. <laughs> That's a great analogy for it. <laughs> Do some ketchup on it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he turned from Blade back into his self, right? Like yeah, on the morgue like, table. Yeah, but he was like he's dead, and then it was weird. Somebody touched. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. You, yeah, I don't have a clue. I, I don't. I I thought that it was just you know because because Blade was wanted. Look, here's the other thing too. Blade being wanted by the FBI has absolutely no bearing on this movie. The FBI subplot could completely be trashed and you have the exact same movie i think they trash it about five minutes in yeah because as soon as as soon as dracula appears and i have that confrontation confrontation there's not even like a mention of the fbi we don't see any of the agents or anything so it's just like it's so useless there's no reason to have the fbi here yeah i think they only use them to get him out of hiding right like they're used as a plot device if anything just to make sure he's a way to bring him out but but it's 
but only the first time because then they find a new base because they go with the the base to Ryan Reynolds and Patton Oswald and all them. Right, the, right? the, the not so obvious hideout that's totally <laughs> kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the FBI subplot could completely be trashed, and there's no, you know, Whistler's already making the connection with Abigail. How about hey, you're gonna need some help because they have freaking Dracula. So here's some people that you should connect with. How about that? That's an easy way to but but without do some things. But what the FBI, we don't get you don't get a little. Uh, Kind of small cameo by James Remar, who's in the movie for like ten minutes. Wait, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. I was like, "Oh, James Remar's in this movie." I totally forgot about that. Yeah, the the like main FBI agent. He's right? the main FBI agent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's credited, but yeah, you're right. That's a cameo, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he's like hardly in it. S- same with the uh, Christopher Guest guy. You know, whatever that actor's <laughs> name is. Um, oh yeah, the guy that plays the psychologist. Yeah. So the uh, the other thing that I. I don't have a clue about the whole Dracula. Tra- I, I just thought that it was, he said something like the, now the police have a body. So I think it was their way of saying like he was as blade and then he shapeshifted. And because they showed up to the crime scene, like they could tell that these things are real now. So it's kind of one of those, like somehow they're able to FBI is not going to be looking for blade anymore. And I look, I don't know. I don't understand. Didn't make any sense to me, but I didn't enjoy the movie any less. <laughs> And that's the beauty of it, is you get to enjoy it and just say, I don't give a rip. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. Um, so I, it, I, I've been back and forth thinking, like, what am I going to log this movie on Letterboxd as? Because, like, look, here's here's the deal. To me, in terms of how much I enjoyed this mov- these movies, like, or how much I liked them, like, I'm going to put them all, like, on the exact same tier. I don't know that any of them are, like, sure, some of them are better, but Blade 2 is better than Blade 1. And Blade One is better than Trinity, but in terms of my enjoyment, like all things considered, like they're all just dead even for me. Except I have a little bit more fun watching Trinity, so I'm more likely to pop that one on. But I, um, I don't know. You, my my letterbox score is still going to be significantly higher than everybody else. Like I'm not going to give this a four and a half like I gave the other ones, you know. But like, don't be surprised if I drop a four. So don't be surprised if I remember my password and log back in. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I think there's one other thing that I wanted to mention, but I can't think of it right now. Oh, yes. just I touched on it in Blade 2, but it's like, I'm not convinced that Whistler's dead. It's an off-screen death in a rated R comic book movie. And apparently, Chris Christopherson didn't like the script and they got into fights with David Goyer. So I think he just kind of demanded an early exit. And it just doesn't... I think they're going to bring him back somehow. I was never convinced. I, I was, And we all agreed... If if they made a Blade Four, he would absolutely be back. I mean, I guess provided that there was another, like maybe if Stephen Norrington returned to direct, anybody besides Goyer, you know, he would yeah. be like, sure, I want back in now, you right? Know? But which apparently Stephen Norrington did consider coming back to direct this one, but he saw the script and he was like, nah, <laughs> I'll pass. Which, which like I kind of get it, but like, yeah, it's look, I totally perfectly serviceable movie here. This isn't. This isn't Spider-Man three levels of bad. I mean, and look, I I don't think Spider-Man three is as bad as everybody thinks it is, but like just because of the dancing, <laughs> but like it's pretty bad. But like this is yeah, like yeah, I I would say that Blade Trinity is a better third in a early two thousands comic book trilogy than than Spider-Man three. I would rather watch Blade Trinity two times over again before watching Spider-Man three again. I guess I think that's fair. Or X Men United. I think I'm never watching Whoa. that. Whoa. Don't get cocky. I never watch that. I need to watch I Last Stand again, but I I remember also thinking that one's kind of unreal. We'll get there one day on the podcast, but <laughs> but 
Yeah. Cause that, well, X2 is X-Men United. So you're thinking, you've got to be thinking of the last stand. Oh, I'm sorry. Last stand. <laughs> X, yeah. X3, the last stand. No, United's great. Yeah. Little slip there. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, it's just like, there, there's lots of things that don't work about the movie, but I had a blast. <laughs> don't judge me. Oh, there's no judgment. It's so much fun. There's a reason I rewatch it all the time. I, w- I figured as soon as you said that you'd seen this one like 10 times, I was like, all right, Matt's going to be with me. <laughs> yeah, I got you covered. He's going to be with me, and everybody that's listening to this that has seen Blade Trinity is going to be like, what on earth? They're going to send my DMs and say... And there's going to be like four people that are going to check out this movie because we like it so much and because there's a new blade movie coming out in 2024 and they're gonna be like you guys are idiots and they're gonna be like huh (laughs) you guys like this crap and i'm like yeah i really like this. i am shamelessly down for this crap i really liked everything about this movie except for dominic purcell (laughs) but i thought the i also thought the character design of dracula like in his prime form was freaking cool oh yeah it was a crazy monster i wish they would have kept that the entire time i wish i think it was actually too cool like it was like it didn't it didn't really fit in the movie i was like okay so either it's awful or it's too cool you gotta pick a middle (laughs) ground dude it's really cool design but like he's wearing like this like really crappy like renaissance like yeah (laughs) renfair armor and i was like dude come on can we i mean but like that middle like metal state is pretty dang cool i'm not even necessarily talking about the armor i'm just like the creature design you know yeah. how he's like essentially With just blood horns, vessels and yeah i really loved the character design in the first scene that we see him in that form where parker posey goes down to his feeding chamber because he's like in the shadows and so it almost looked like he doesn't even have eyes and like there's like glowing when when we see That's more cool. detailed in the final fight and there's like actually eyes in there i was just like oh yeah. like my, i really liked the like sort of hollow kind of reminds me of the was like 10 million ants guy from rick that rick and morty episode the vindicators episode like kind of looked like that like i thought that was cool yeah yeah i like the heat map like when they were looking at heat signatures i thought that was really cool the way they showed it but in the in in uh in trinity yes trinity when they did the heat mapping of like seeing what he was doing and when he was beating oh okay yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it made no sense that his horns would be fire red <laughs> at the time. They were yeah. forged by the fires of hell. There were a lot of uh, discrepancies there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think about Aaron, like, I liked him better when he was, like, silhouetted. And it, like, yeah. he looked, like, like evil and ethereal at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm out of thoughts. I mean, yeah. That's a lot of thinking thoughts. Um, I've already probably talked too much about Blade Trinity, but you guys, you guys, you guys love it. That's fine. Again, again, maybe, again probably, up. maybe just really low expectations. Cause again, like I look, you, if you mentioned early two thousands comic book films, my first thought is Electra, right? And I haven't seen Electra, but like, that's my first thought is like, Oh boy, let's just forget about that. Oh, but yeah. In reality, like, like in, in reality, like there's some decent stuff there, right? Like X-Men 2 and Spider-Man, you know, X-Men, X-Men 2, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Blade and Blade 2, which, you know, was 98. So like, you know, 98 and 2002. So like, I can't you know, there's some really good things in that era. And I'm de- I'm a defender of the, the Daredevil director's cut. The theatrical cut is terrible. Director's cut, great. So like, you know, I, I think of that era and it's just like, it's hard. It's hard to overlook Elektra and Spider-Man 3 and... Man, it, this Blade Trinity came out a year before Batman Begins, and that is a remarkably better film. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it's just one of those where it's just like, 
I'm almost sad that I don't have a blade for. <laughs> we have a new blade. Yeah, no, I'm it, actually like watching this trilogy made me really excited for the new blade movie. Um, just because now I have some familiarity with the character and, and especially the first two movies are really cool. But also, look, I mentioned the gadgets earlier. I really like the gadgets in Blade Trinity. I love the UV bow thing that they carry around. I Actually, thought it was really cool. That was like the biggest positive. Like, I love his like his like new retrofitted. It's not a new car, but they retrofitted it with some more stuff. That was yeah, really yeah. cool. Like you said, the bow, like that, that, that UV laser bow. Well, and they do the. They even have like the UV arrows now, and there's that moment where Ryan Gos where, where he kills Triple H, Ryan Gos Ryan Reynolds, where he kills Triple H <laughs> by by like putting the arrow in there and like pu- sucker punching him, to, yeah. or uppercutting him to expose UV light in his mouth. Like I thought, all that's like the pistols look really cool too. Like the uh, yeah, yeah, the Hannibal King like pistols, King pistols that he had. Well, even the ones sick. that Ron Perlman carries in uh, two have the oh. blades on them. That oh, sick. yeah, those are, those are sick. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah I was like, I kind of want one of those. I just, I specifically really like the UVbo when Jessica Beale pulls that out the first time and that like train oh, station. Oh hell yeah! It's like sweet. And then, but my favorite, maybe my favorite like moment, I definitely remember cheering at home was the the <laughs> moment where like somebody's got her like in a in a chokehold from behind and she just like activates the blade from behind her. Yeah, I was yes. like, this is awesome. This is so cool. The only thing is, in terms of the gadgets, is they kind of tease that, like, really big gun that has, like, four barrels, but I don't think they ever used it. No, they never used that gun. That it's was like, disappointing. It's like, why would you tease something like that? Now, look, I was so much more interested in the UV blade thing than I was the, the that, but I was like, I kind of I want to see, like, especially after Ryan Reynolds was tortured. You know, you would think that he would kind of need the easiest weapon, and he was interested in the big boy earlier, like. I was really hoping to just see a scene almost like like I'm thinking of um that moment in the Expendables where in the in the last act and you just see Terry Crews with that huge AA12 shotgun and he's just <laughs> walking across the screen after a pot body <laughs> a, a river of bodies is just flowing like I was I was kind of wanting one of those scenes you know but I was also totally happy with Ryan Re- Ryan Reynolds running away from dogs and then you know falling in a hole <laughs> <laughs> so that was some great comedic time, and I actually really enjoyed that moment. Like, <laughs> dogs fall off the edge. It. You can admit that you love it. Welcome <laughs> to our side. It's not. It's like a kid way. There are aspects of fun here. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Look, look. Any, I don't know how somebody could hate watch this movie. Same way that, like, look, I watched Halloween Resurrection. I'm like, look, this movie sucks. But like, I got to see uh, what was it? Busta Rhymes Roundhouse Kick Michael Myers in the face, like. That's fine. I had a good time. You know, it's a terrible movie, but I had a good time. And look, I, this movie wasn't as terrible. This was not a good movie, but I had a great time. So anyway, you guys ready to move on? Yep. All right. Okay. So let's move on to the B plot. Then uh, we are going to talk about now. <laughs> this is I picked this B plot before I watched Blade Trinity uh, movies that should have been good, but weren't. I honestly really expected that I would not like Blade Trinity. Uh, and I also just like this. This is, as we mentioned earlier, a widely not liked movie. I don't know anybody on Letterboxd that has on my review people that has this at a higher than I think a two and a half stars. So like this is still anyway, movies that should have been good, but weren't. Um, so take this however you would like. Um, this movie should have been good because Blade one and two were awesome and Goyer was returning. So and Wesley Snipes was still there. So right. So like um, in honor of Blade Trinity, a widely panned film after two successes. 
Let's talk about other films that should have been good but weren't. Doesn't have to be existing IP. Could be any reason that you were excited about a movie but ultimately disappointed. I put a limit of 10. I did not come up to that number. Okay. Joe, did you end up with 10? Oh, uh, yeah, I got 10 in there. Oh, okay. Damn, Matt, Joe. Matt how, Matt, how many did you come up with? I had three because I felt bad saying bad things about movies that I love that I know are terrible. Well, here's the deal. We'll we'll go round robin style. Um, each of us will give one, and you can feel free to to add more to the conversation if you want. You just butt in, all right? I would like to kick us off, please. Yeah, go for it. Let's see. Movies that should have been great, but ultimately were really terrible. I got to kick it off with Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, should have been great, right? Which Batman cut? and Superman. Look, Ultimate Cut is fine, right? I'm not high on it. But I'm specifically thinking theatrical because that's the one that I saw the Midnight IMAX premiere of and legitimately walked out of the theater thinking that was the worst movie I'd ever seen in my entire life. Ultimate Cut is fine, right? But I'm just sit- sitting here thinking, like, I really liked Man of Steel. This is Batman and Superman. Like versus them. Look, I know that this is gonna have like I could I know how this is gonna end. It's gonna be them both fighting, you know, d- dark doomsday. But and movies terrible. So the theatrical cut again. Ultimate cut is okay. Theatrical cut terrible. Should have been good for any number of reasons. And the only good thing in the theatrical cut is the warehouse fight scene. What so, made it terrible? Yeah, it's true. Everything about it. The story. The pacing. If <laughs> it, it, it's Jesse Eisenberg's less Lex Luthor the lack of amy adams doing anything important oh amy adams was in this oh man yeah that's what i have is my first pick yeah essentially this is there to be saved at every given moment and actually like almost kill almost kill superman by trying to retrieve something that he was trying to retrieve it's i don't know there's a lot wrong with that movie for sure yeah and and we haven't even mentioned martha but I don't want to. So, <laughs> Martha, where'd you hear that name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, what is your first pick? Uh, it, it's funny. I also had Ben just to uh, bring it up. Yeah, I also had Bad Member Superman Donna Justice on there. Uh, that was yeah. a- Matt. Did you also have that one? <laughs> yeah, we're going three for three. Nice. For- now you only have two original picks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be beating bottom of a barrel. So. Sorry. Yeah, I, for for my pick, I put uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> I did not have a good time with this movie. I thought it was a huge step down from the first one, and I haven't even rewatched the first one after I saw this one. So it kind of mm. like left a bad taste in my mouth. I wanted to go watch anything related to Kingsman. So I've come around on this movie. When I when I left the theaters, I thought, man, that was a disappointing movie. But I like The Golden Circle more than Secret Service, man. I think it's a better no, movie on all no, ends. No, yeah. no, so no. You need to give that one a rewatch. No. I've <laughs> never been a patron of the uh, Kingsman, so enlighten me on what the sequel is. Uh, the, the there's the there's the three Kingsman movies. There's the first two that are in the main canon. Okay, and there's so the new Ray Fiennes one. Um, they're relatively recent. It's it's based off a comic book. Matthew Vaughn, after he did X Men First yeah. Class. He he actually like was going to do Days of Future Past, but then he quit because after First Class was such a success, they were like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And he's like, "Kingsman." They're like, "Do it." Yep. It's where Taron Edgerton gets his start, and it's yeah. essentially like a modern day but campier. It, if a Roger Moore Bond made Bond film was made today, but also like better. Got it. It's a perfect so, way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize there were three now. Uh well the third one is a prequel yeah it's yeah, yeah it's a prequel 
it's a prequel that's an origin story of how this organization got set up and it's it's fine it's good but the first two are the first one is i think widely considered the best but i personally think the second one is better so anyway matt would you like to rattle off one of yours all right we'll go with something that's going to be really controversial i'm sure the bob's burgers movie oh, i haven't seen it don't <laughs> it was one of the most disappointing things i think i've ever watched i was really anticipating it but it was so unusing of the characters and the actors that are so strong in it and it broke my heart to watch okay i'll take your word for it yeah so i definitely knocked that one off the list uh i'm gonna talk about solo a star wars story because it's pretty bad <laughs> I, agree. I really don't like this movie it's not good i was excited about it especially when it was phil lord and chris miller and look it probably that should have been a red flag like firing a director midway through a movie but like ron howard to take over is like it was hard to it was hard to like lose hope right it was hard to not be excited about it wasn't like they were replacing him with david s goyer you know so <laughs> or or um skip wood or no not uwe bowl you know skip was a screenplay writer for the worst movies anyway <laughs> the uh it's not like they're replacing him with you know joe schmo or whatever but Look, Star I Star Wars had yet to let me down, and because uh, I really liked Force Awakens and I really liked The Last Jedi, and then yeah. Solo came out, and then Rise of Skywalker came out. Uh, but don't worry, we got Mandalorian. So I yeah, Solo should have been a good movie simply because it's a Star Wars movie, and it's terrible. All right, what's another pick you have, Joe? Yeah the the first the first film uh, for Kick Ass, like I love it. The second film, I do not. I think I watched it like the one time, and I never. Went back to revisit it. I thought it was like, it, this is funny saying about a kick-ass movie. It felt really mean-spirited, where the first movie's already mean-spirited. <laughs> I felt like they doubled down on it. And uh, it was kind of missing, it was missing Matthew Vaughn's direction. Like, yeah, it just didn't feel the same. And uh, Jim Carrey's character was pretty cool. He was yeah, pretty I, really, I really like Colonel Stars and Stripes. I like Colonel but... Stars and Stripes, but that was pretty much the only thing I could really... I, I don't... It's a big step down from the original, but I don't not like kick-ass too. But yeah, I understand. Same. It's it's on this. List. Uh, I'm gonna go. We'll go another round, and then um, we'll get to you, Matt. So we'll just kind of scatter you in here. <laughs> I picked Quantum of Solace, and I went with this specific film because. Well, here's here's the thing. I think Spectre could be an easy answer as well because after the heels of Skyfall, Sam Mendes returning, but Spectre's gotten better on rewatches for me. It's still not a perfect movie, but Quantum of Solace is just a really bad movie, and after you know, choosing a new direction for the franchise after the Bronson era and, and choosing to go full reboot and to take itself more seriously. And for Casino Royale to be one of the best films ever made, I think it's like 26 for me, remarkably well-made film to, to take this big of a step back. And look, I know Rider Strike is attributed to that one. So like, I almost thought about not putting it on this list, but like they could have easily delayed it. Um, and the writing is only part of the reason why the movie's not good. There's plenty of reasons it's not good. So Quantum of Solace was my was my pick. So, uh, Joe, you got another one for us? Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, but like, really? like, like Wonder Woman's like was kind of a shocker how good it was. Yeah, considering the time timing of it and whatnot, like really well directed. Script is pretty solid. There's it gets messy towards the third act, but most comic book movies yeah. do, especially DC movies. But uh, overall, just like loved it. Um, Wonder Woman eighty four. There's just so many problems with the script. The, dialogue is atrocious cg's bad cg's bad 
Yeah. The villains kind of well not I was really I was really excited <laughs> for Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought that was a good cast. Pedro Pascal is probably the only bright spot in the entire film. It's not yeah. it's not one for one Max Lord from the comic books, like a lot of people would like, but he's good and uh keep using the he's term, so charming. He's really charming and he just he really does like chew up scenery throughout the entire movie. Like he's a really kind of kind of fun villain. But um plus premises of monkey paws are it's usually always really messy. Yeah. So yeah, but didn't really dig that one. That's a good call. Yeah. I think everybody was excited about that movie until it came out. <laughs> and they saw it. <laughs> well, until until critics started being like, hold on, this is terrible. And then everybody was like, huh? The sequel to the really good comic book film? Oh. Nah. And then they were like, oh, yeah. All right, Matt, why don't you go for one? Oh, you asked that right as well. I was looking up some stuff, so let's go for it. Let's go with the Hulk, the first one. Oh, the Ang Lee one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, not the Ang Lee one. The Edward Norton. Oh, all right. Oh, I kind of like that one. I kind of like it too. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Well, it's my turn to be the... <laughs> it's <your> heel. <laughs> it's significantly better than the Ang Lee one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's not saying much. Yeah, yeah. It's low-tier MCU, for sure. Yeah. So just everything about that disappointed and... Edward Norton is so much stronger and better of an actor than what was shown there. So I don't know if that's just my opinion or if it was the directing. Look, or... he's he's a better actor than the script allowed, but he's well, maybe not still, but like he was my favorite Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably up until like maybe Thor Ragnarok. Um, definitely by the time Endgame came around, Mark Ruffalo won me over. But like, I really liked Norton as Banner. Yeah. So. I had yeah. high hopes. And... I hated the design of Hulk, though. That was terrible. Yeah, so I don't know if it was like a tragedy of the way that it was written and done, or if it was him, but... It was just, it was a comic book film released in 2008, yeah. the same year Dark Knight and Iron Man came out, but it was, you know, probably, like, belonging in 2004, and the director yeah. of The Fast and the Furious was in charge. Yeah. So... And, but, and then Edward Norton's involved, and he's this is his peak complication on set. Yeah, I heard it was yeah. not always nice, but that's my should have okay. been better. M- more people will agree with you than in this podcast. You're in the majority, but me and Joe kind of like that one. Um, I'll go with another adaptive material Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, one of my least favorite movies of 2021, but one of the ones I was most excited from because they're adapting Resident Evil 2 and 3, and Resident Evil 2 is a top five video game of all time. This should have been easy, but they took they all the creative. It. They took all the creative liberties and took did all the things that the game did well and threw them out the window and uh, essentially only took the setting and character designs. And Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City should have been a knockout of the park for video game movies. And all you had to do was follow the story. Just follow Resident Evil 2. And they couldn't even do that. So terrible. Yeah, it, One of my least favorite movies ever. It, it boggles my mind that they just can't kind of just follow the story and just kind of go through it. The CGI ones do it and they're pretty good. Like they're pretty good interpretations of the, the overall story because they follow the story and the and the characters like correctly. Well, and the Angelina Jolie ones, are, or not, not Angelina, the Mila Jovovich ones, they're like trying to be their own separate thing. They're not right. Like they're, it's kind of like a separate universe thing. But like you had, you were you were going for it. You were very clearly making Resident Evil Two. It's all you had to do is make Resident Evil Two, and you couldn't even do that. Yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, Man, I don't I'm, want to talk about it anymore. I'm <laughs> already passed on this, and I can't imagine why it failed. Yeah, you have John Leguizamo, Bob Haskins, Dennis Hopper, Smith Mathis, Caroline Moore. The the um the girl from the Pirates movie was was one of them. Yeah, yeah. she plays Claire, right? Yeah, and I thought that was a fine casting. And there's Rob Robbie Amell plays yep. Leon or Chris. Oh, uh, Leon, I think. Yeah. It's, and somebody else that I recognize plays the other one. It, it, anyway. <laughs> I yeah, always want to talk about that decision. I'm ready to stop talking about this movie. I I was I think my letterbox review was like, this is the kind of movie that makes you lose faith in movie making and awful. Uh Joe, please, something else. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I think we've already kind of talked about these films. I, I think I'm gonna go X Men United. X, uh the last stand. Last stand. How do I keep saying United? I actually like United a lot. I'm just getting in your head. <laughs> the yeah, the last stand is like it was terrible. I couldn't like stop myself from ranting about how terrible it was. Uh, I think at that time it was on MySpace, so that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't go see this movie. It's awful. They do everything wrong. Um, <laughs> I uh, remember kind of liking that one, but um, <laughs> we'll, like I said, we'll get there one day. I, You're back I, on my team now. <laughs> you could have you could have picked uh, you could have picked Apocalypse, but I think we all knew that movie was going to be doomed. And same with Dark Phoenix, you know. But Dark Phoenix might even be worse. That might be the worst one. But at that point, I mean, the franchise. But we didn't. Are, we knew it was going to be bad. You yeah, know? we didn't. I don't think we had any hopes or aspirations for it. I never like, had a chance. At least we thought Apocalypse might have been good because Singer was yeah. coming back, like hot off the heels. Uh, I'm gonna go quick uh, because I'll, because I can be quick about this. But let's go with Thirty Days of Night, oh, based terrible. off a graphic novel. <laughs> freaking Super- love, huh? <laughs> sorry, I freaking love. Really? Yes. All right. We both really didn't like the movie. Nah. Like, I think we both borderline hated it last month. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Look, the simple concept: Thirty Days of Night, vampires discover this city. They're 30 days or vampires are going to rain and it's based off a graphic novel. So even visual inspiration, the movie's just bad. 30 days are making me sleepy. You want to take a nap? <laughs> oh yeah. That's the whole, that's why you love it. <laughs> go in the background, go yeah. to sleep. All right, Matt, you go ahead. All right. So what I have up next is super Mario brothers. And we're going way back to the 1993 version. Yeah. That's... I've never seen this. You've never seen the Goombas. No. Oh my gosh. Nobody has ever said even like one positive thing about this. Right. That's why you watch and, it. It's and it's not even so bad. It's good. It's not like where it's like, hey, let's get together and watch the room or Birdemic. No. As a four point one on IMDb, twenty nine percent on that's Rotten Tomatoes, and thirty five percent Metacritic. Yeah. If you're someone right. who enjoys punishment, do it. <laughs> true. True masochism. Uh, Joe, what you got? I was going to say Spider-Man 3. We've already talked about that. So it's really no <laughs> okay. going into that. We'll just talk. Yeah. Spawn. I mean, image comic books were like peak at that moment. And like such a great story. But I don't I don't know what it was about it. Was it direction or I don't know. The, maybe the effects weren't there at the time. That also didn't help. A lot of the campy acting. There's just a lot of it that kind of goes in to why that movie's such a miss for me. I do like it. Like Wazamo's The Violator was cool. I thought he was interesting. So you but, like him in that, but you don't like him in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> just saying. Let's see. Do I have a John Leguizamo movie? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm going to talk about the Predator. Man, Predator sequel. 
written and directed by Shane Black right after he did The Nice Guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And it's one of the worst movies I've ever <laughs> seen. Should have been great. Terrible. I'll stop there. <laughs> I was so excited for this movie. And I, and I wasn't even a fan of the Predator franchise. Like I was like, I'd seen the first one and it was it was good. And then I didn't see two or three. And then uh, I saw this one. Boy, that movie's terrible. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's it's by far the worst in that series. This is Shane Black, man. <laughs> anyway, I'll go again because I'll keep this one quick. The an, animated Injustice movie is just atrocious. And you have these plenty of comic books and two incredible video games to go off of. It's I, I watched it with people who had no experience of the comic and the or, or the video game. And all of us hated it. So terrible. Matt, you got another one for us? Uh, I'm all out of the tank. All right, Joe, back and forth until when I got four left, three left. I bet I can find one though. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, was, I don't think I was really blindsided or surprised by this because Sony was doing it. Was uh, was Venom? I absolutely hate the first Venom movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's terrible. It's not really in tone with the character. I think the casting of Tom Hardy was pretty solid. Yeah, but yeah, the, the movie's just super messy to me both like script wise, like the way it kind of follows the symbiote for like a good portion of the movie. Like it takes away from a lot of the stuff you could have with Eddie Brock. Sure. Um, villain kind of laughable. It's kind of whatever. Very uh, mustache twirling villain, but yeah. Sure. Was a fan of it. <clears throat> Let's go with the lost world. Jurassic park Two. Spielberg returning after Jurassic park. And look, I could have gone with pretty much any of the movies in the franchise, but this one is directed by Spielberg. Like, and they even like Michael Crichton was working on it still like they they had him write a sequel book so they could do a sequel movie. And there's some good things about The Lost World, but the movie overall is just terrible. Garbage. Uh, yeah. Refer back six months to an episode that we talked about the all the Jurassic World part films. So, yeah. Do you think that's the worst one or do you think three is worse? I have a lot of nostalgia for three. three so three has the awesome raptor scene, too. When, uh, three, yeah, the, and the other thing too is if we're talking about movies that should have been good, like Christopher Columbus is nothing to like scoff at, but like Spielberg <laughs> directed this the sequel to yes, yeah, like Spielberg directing should have been got more excited, you know. Yeah, that's so, true. So that so in 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 the in the list, I I have nostalgia love for Jurassic Park three, and that's <laughs> but it's enough to carry it to higher than Jurassic world dominion or the lost world to me, you know? So anyway, uh, I got two more, Joe, how many you have left? Yeah. Two more. All right. Let's get them. Let's get them out of the way. What you got? Yeah. The, 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 the first suicide squad movie, I think when I first saw that movie, it probably was too many beverages in. I actually thought it was pretty decent, but upon <laughs> rewatching it, I, I was wrong. I was so very wrong. Um, yeah. it's got some moments, but it, it definitely pales in comparison to the sequel. The soft reboot sure yeah <laughs> on a similar note jumanji the next level is is just terrible which is a shame because jumanji welcome to the jungle was awesome yeah just really i, I have nostalgia love for the first jumanji movie and welcome to the jungle was legitimately a good movie and was excited for the sequel and especially with the premise of kevin hart and danny glover swapping i was like this will be amazing and uh and and what was it jack who did jack black swap with was it de niro or was it? It was somebody. Was um, anyway, for the most part, Kevin Hart doing Danny Glover. I was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, that movie's just really bad on all levels. So yeah. don't know how they missed, but they did. Yeah. Plus, they had Danny DeVito in it. It was like, man, this is gonna Danny be... DeVito. That's the one. It yeah. was Jack Black doing Danny DeVito. Yeah. 
man. Shame. All right. What's your last one, Joe? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll talk about Spider-Man three. I mean, it's, it's not just because of the dancing, it's just overall the, t- the, the tone of that film overall is just kind of all over the place. I think the first 15, 20 minutes of that film is pretty good up until, uh, um, Harry gets <laughs> amnesia, which is like the most cliche thing in any movie. <laughs> Um, you do get some cool lines from him doing that, like still got the moves and he's playing with the basketball. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I think there was too many cooks in the kitchen with that movie and they weren't letting kind of Raimi helmet the way he wanted to. So my last one is going to be the purge. What a really interesting f- concept for a movie. That's really terrible. I really like the purge anarchy though. I think, and I think election year was fine. Uh, and I haven't seen any other ones, but like that first purge movie, the purge was terrible but I, I just thought like really really interesting concept should be really cool and just didn't do anything right for you i was really excited to see a world where this happens is actually explored and i thought that i thought that confining it to, to only one house was a bit of a mistake and then not only that but like confine it to one house and have your intruder and have that be it you know don't have it also be these people are attacking from outside because they can't afford home security like we can you like it was just trying to do too much like either either be either explore the world that you set up or tell a very small contained story on a small budget to get financing for something like the purge anarchy and i think the purge anarchy is just a freaking awesome movie um, leaps and bounds the best in the franchise again at least from the ones i've seen so but they should have picked a lane yeah yeah pick a lane for that first movie e- either either do the purge anarchy first because there's no way that movie cost a bunch to make either make if the purge anarchy is the first movie with the purge great but it just seemed like that th- make your 10 cloverfield lane in the purge universe right like that's not, yeah they should have just done that you know right. but it was just a little bit too much of the like i have a boyfriend over and he's you know the thing he does the thing with the people <laughs> and the and, and he's secretly been dating me to wait for this night so he can or it was a girlfriend right i, I don't even remember yeah. but it was like a girlfriend who's secretly been dating the person specifically just for the night so they can be the inside and unlock the security and let the bad guy it just and then like literally everybody dies at the end of the movie and it's like that's i mean i guess fitting it's just, like this stuff happens but like, yeah, pick a lane. <laughs> yeah, I think Anarchy is a, like, I think I've only seen the first Purge movie maybe like twice. I've seen Anarchy like 15 times or something like that, just because it's it's easy to watch. It's got cool world building. Like it gives you, it delivers on everything you wanted to see in the first movie, like or what, yes. they, what they promise. Like you get yeah. that. And plus you get Frank Grillo pretty much being the Punisher, <laughs> which is awesome. I, I saw the, the first Purge movie um, once right when it came out. And then the reviews for Purge Anarchy were, were great. So I checked that one. I rented it from family video. And then, um, and then because that one was so good, I got excited for election year and I saw that one. So I'm like, it was fine. Yeah. it's okay. uh, And then I, but I never bothered with the first purge or the final purge just because they were both like critically panned. So I'll just stick with just the purge anarchy. That's fine. So. Yeah, that's all you need. All right. Well, that'll take us to the spinoff. Uh, we talked about a lot of movies uh, that we are disappointed in. <laughs> So Such a positive conversation. <laughs> so you can either choose to continue that or to to take a spin on it and tell us something you like. What is that one thing in any era of pop culture that you want to tell everybody to check out or to avoid? Matt, let's start with you. All right, I'm gonna double dip here. I was gifted a Switch for Christmas, and that's the newest gaming system I've had since a GameCube. 
So what did I immediately do with it? Go back and play old games from my childhood uh-huh. in the 90s. Because so, they have a bunch of NES and SNES stuff on there. Holy crap. It's uh-huh. loaded. So that is one And of I think my... it's free? Or is it with a Nintendo Online? Some of it's free. Some of it's online. Either way, the online is only like 20 bucks a year. It's dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally worth it. So... That is my first recommendation. My second recommendation is slightly more expensive, but a friend and I had our, we both had back-to-back birthdays. So we went to a live uh, showing with William Shatner of uh, Star Trek II. And I highly recommend if you can go to a showing of something with an actor from that series, absolutely do it. It can be bonkers, but it can also be so worth it. Okay, sure. I'll go next. We'll let you round it out, Joe. Would you guys like to hear about a 2010 original video game or a 2009 movie movie tie-in video game that is actually pretty good? Double it. All right. We're going to talk about the original first. Uh, I've I've been playing through a bunch of my PS3 catalog um, before my PS3 goes downstairs um, since I just got a PS5. And so I've been replaying games that um, I remembered liking or always wanted to play, but are not backwards compatible on my Xbox or since I never owned a PS3, like exclusive games such as like Resistance and God of War and stuff like that. So some games that I played recently that I really enjoy that I think both all of these are available on PS3 and Xbox 360 and PC, but both but the PC ones you'd have to get a game disc for. They don't have the license on like Steam or anything, but the discs are pretty easily find you know, you can easily find them for like 10 bucks on ebay um the original game is called singularity and this game is awesome it's about a six hour campaign essentially russia has this island off the coast of siberia that they develop weapons for and they're specifically developing a time manipulation machine and it goes off and they have a chernobyl size accident and so you like are exploring the remains of this place that uh, you eventually get to wield a time manipulation device. So you can take people or things and either age them up to restore them or age them down to degrade them. So things like wall safes, you can age them down and then access it, uh, access the contents inside. That's awesome mechanic. It's a really cool mechanic. It only goes forward or backwards. And you can even do the same with like people. You can age them up into dust. Like as a, as a, it's also a first person shooter. But it's it's got elements kind of like Portal, where like there's like puzzle things that you need to work out. But ultimately, but it still is a first person shooter. Anyway, it's a really really awesome game. If you happen to own a PlayStation Three or an Xbox Three Sixty, pick up a copy because it's got to be like five bucks. If you have a PC, seek out a disc, disc copy. The other one, and I just finished playing this today. There was a movie tie-in video game for Wanted. That 2008 yes. James McAvoy, Angelina film, Angelina yeah. Jolie film. And this game is actually pretty good. It's a sequel to the movie and it only takes about like two and a half, three hours to beat. But like you get to do the curving bullets and you get to play regularly and you get to play as both Wesley and his dad. Do you get to put your hand in something that hurts? <laughs> no, no, it's 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 a very relatively basic first third person shooter but with the curving bullets mechanic and with um some other mechanics and it it tells a sequel story it gives a little bit of context around wesley which is the james mcavoy character and his dad and it 
or even if you don't have one of those consoles and you have two and a half hours to spare, like just look up on YouTube and watch somebody play through the game. Like it's pretty fun to play and it's a really short campaign. So it's easy to watch somebody on YouTube. And also, by the way, the PC has a specifically slightly different ending that if you wind up playing it on console, make sure to check out that PC ending um, after you finish it. It's all right. I'll tell you because. I don't know that anybody's actually going to play. So, so the, the very last shot of the game on consoles is of you. You have the big bad, the villain pinned on the ground and you shoot a bullet into his head, like point blank range as one does. That's the end of the game, right? On the end of the game on PC, the bullet fires. Oh, and and the console, like you, you, you are the bullet. You're the point of view. And it ends with you going into the forehead, right? On the, on the, on the PC version, you see the bullet but you see it miss his head like by an inch or two. And then you just see a stream of pee. Just he's peeing all over the villain's <laughs> face. And like, and then I, it's, look, it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. And it's like, that's not really the tone of the video game. Like, it's not like a South Park game or anything like that. But <laughs> it, look, if you can get your hands on a copy and you have a system that'll play it, do it. It's it, it, it's a really great three hour game so joe you want to round us off yeah joe you're up slayer yeah i just feel like that scene you're talking about is like that would fit perfectly within the comic book because mark miller wrote the comic book and it's like super oh nice super edge lordy so like there there are some things like the first the first line of the video game says something like it's wesley narrating he says like i used to be like you sitting on my couch playing video games getting fat but now (laughs) like and it's just like so there it's a little edgier than the movie right anyway Cool, yeah. So I'll just rattle off a few recommendations I got. Uh, one movie and the rest anime is usually part of the course. Uh, I got around to watching Black Phone. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Yes! That's uh, on Amazon Prime. That was terrifying. It was terrifying. Uh, I thought it was great. Monster is an anime. Uh, I think it came out in like early 2000s. Uh, it's on Netflix now. It's actually really terrific. I'm working my way through it right now. Um, Villain Saga has season two. They're releasing episodes uh, every week. Um, and uh, Trigun Stampede, uh, it's a retelling of Trigun, the 98 anime uh, manga. So, yeah, those are my recommendations I got. Nice. Well, that's a wrap. So quick reminder, you can follow Joe and Matt on their provided social medias. Uh, they gave it the top of the show. I will have those in the episode description for you. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. A uh, quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, email writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to, to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you happen to be listening over there. On next week, uh, we'll be talking about My Neighbor Totoro for our GOAT segment. Shane and Robert will be joining me. So we'll awesome. be doing that. Uh, in two weeks, Chris and Jake will be joining me to talk about Tombstone and the Mask of Zorro. Lots of fun stuff to be excited for. And next month, Joe and I will be talking about Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Nice. Lots of stuff to look forward to in the coming month. So uh, thanks, guys, for hanging out. I appreciate your time. Yeah, for, it was a pleasure. For Many both thanks. watching the movies and being here to record. So, um, yeah, I look forward to the time we get to do it next. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so we'll see you guys uh next week uh thanks for sticking around and uh come back next week for my neighbor totoro gracias